Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my review of the Bastion. I've used it a little bit in different environments and wanted to give you my thoughts about it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. Also, I do want to periodically mention, you'll probably hear me say this every once in a while in videos, to check out uh, Astro at astro.family slash saynotorage. This is not a sponsored video, but periodically we do want to point people to that link. I w- I've been wearing Astros for five years and I love their products. You can get five percent off if you go to astro.family slash say no to rage and i use their a50s i've used their a40s a10s and a20s i've used them all feel free to stop in the stream and ever ask me what i think about them because i have tried them all out i can give you some uh, feedback on those so my bastion review what's going on with the bastion people are you know people are saying different things about it people are saying it's trash people are saying it's good uh i'm gonna give you my thoughts on it in a variety of ways first and foremost i am gonna talk about how this is not a meta weapon this is not a weapon you're gonna take everywhere you're not gonna slay gods with it uh but i believe that it is a good weapon and it is enjoyable secondly i want to talk about champion mods it doesn't have any intrinsic champion uh, perk it doesn't have a slot for champion mods i want to continue that conversation and further that and really push for bungie to think about how to do that there needs to be more presence of champion mods and champion presence in the game lastly i want to talk about majors and bosses there is a certain amount of rhythmic pain in combat right now that is changing and i want to talk about how weapons like this i think fit into the overall structure of the game now we are not just getting lots of galahorns we're getting lots of different types of exotics so first it's not meta I actually think it's good to get exotics like this this season. We have the Symmetry, we have the Devil's Ruin, and we have the Bastion. None of these weapons are meta. They're not weapons you're going to be like, oh, you got to take this with you everywhere. It's the Ginsu World Knife of Destiny. It's the Galahorn. It's going to chop through everything, take it with you everywhere. And I actually think that's really, really good. I do think in you know a historic sense of Destiny to now, having one-size-fits-all exotics actually hurt the game. I think it gave us a bad impression about what an exotic should feel like we were talking about this this morning and how a lot of us think of exotics as it's a boss killer it's a god killer so anytime we go into content we're like well how is it for dps what to do for dps and i think in general they've pushed against that lately and i think that's good they've lowered the you know the efficacy and the and the lethality of legendaries they lowered a lot of those damage perks they wanted to leave room for exotics to start to shine and i think that that is a continued conversation that needs to happen we do not and we cannot conceivably have a constant trickle of exotics that are all meta god killing dps machines that's unrealistic from a from a logistical standpoint they can only create so many weapons that do that and secondly i don't think that's a helpful attitude about exotics because i think that ends up creating you got to take this with you everywhere it thins out your choice you're always using the same weapon everywhere you go and i don't think that's the way we need to, the direction we need to take exotics I think the direction we've taken since Divinity, Xenophage is actually really good now in places like Sundial, places that are really, really dense with majors. You're going to find weapons like the Xenophage and the Bastion, I think, helpful in those environments because you're not you're not really doing tons of boss damage. Sundial is a perfect example of that type of content, and I'm going to talk about that more at the end of the video. I think right now they're trying to give us tools that are unique and fun, and I think that's the key. I've called it, this is my phrase that I've coined, it's the Genesis Chain Effect. The Genesis Chain Effect is a weapon that's good and fun and does the job and it's unique. So it's fun, unique, and it gets the job done. The Genesis Chain Effect needs to be 
instituted more on weapons and I believe the Bastion falls into a category of Genesis Chain Effect now somebody might say but it's an exotic Lono it's an exotic okay maybe they could turn up the damage a little bit in PvE just a, just a touch sometimes majors and tanky red bars aren't dying um, since a lot of the you know a lot of the enemies in the game are pretty agile I'm having Minotaurs teleport and Captain spin out of the way and if just some of the shots miss it's not as effective because of the charge time so maybe Bungie could consider raising the PvE damage a little bit especially against majors just to make it more of a shredder in that regard because you might be like well the genesis chain effect lono was fine because it was a legendary weapon but i do think more and more bungie's going to take that attitude and should take that attitude of here's an exotic that is a tool for a particular purpose and a particular job, and it's unique, and it feels cool, like Divinity, Ariana's Vow, uh, the Bastion, the Xenophage, the Devil's Ruin. These are things that can do a particular thing in a particular way, and they're not meta, one-size-fits-all weapons. I actually think that's a good thing. Secondly, let's talk about champion mods. Some were quick to point out this doesn't have any intrinsic champion mod on it. You know, Divinity has Overload, Leviathan's Breath got Unstoppable, Ariana's Vow has Anti-Barrier, Symmetry was doing Unstoppable, and then they took it away, and then the devil's ruin has unstoppable built in with the beam i'm not sure what the thought process is here my theory is that some of these exotics were built prior to the champion mod thing being established we don't know how long ago the bastion was built tested and and created and maybe they didn't have time to re re re-engineer it and add that i think from a ground level though we need either intrinsic champion mods on all exotics and i mean all so for example cold heart could get anti-barrier and you know the it's it's prometheus lens brother could get unstoppable and then you could put overload on the what what the wave splitter so all three of those trace rifles could each get a different intrinsic champion mod either make it intrinsic like that or Put a champion mod slot on there. I'm not sure what their decision is going to be here, but I do think right now the overwhelming sense from the community is exotics just aren't worth using if I've got to deal with champions, unless, of course, your exotics, your heavy weapon for damage. You're like, I'm not going to use that weapon. And that's where the Bastion does fall short. If I go into the Sundial and those unstoppable guys show up, it's kind of frustrating to have an exotic, really, really good major shredding machine that feels like I'm throwing peanuts at a guy because he takes more damage when he's stunned by unstoppable. Uh, So I do think intrinsic would be the way to go or again, add a mod slot on there for the you know, the champion mods. Exotics need to have it built in or have the slot because ultimately they're being outshined by legendaries. I shouldn't be able to go into content with a legendary bow and at some level that legendary bow is outshining the Bastion against a, against a type of enemy that the Bastion is supposed to be really effective against. Now, we did say that the Bastion could have all three because it shoots three shots and maybe you could toggle it uh, in the menu or maybe you could toggle it by reloading it or, or doing something or maybe each of the each of the bullets that come out each of the spreads that come out does anti-barrier does overload and does unstoppable that might make it op but it might actually make it a viable weapon then you say well bastion's one of the best weapons to use if there's a lot of different champions around you know and it's great on majors too and then the minute you're not in content where there's lots of champions around you would feel free to set it down and to put it down in any case whether you go go crazy and give it all three or just give it one or give it the mod slot it needs that or I do think people are going to start to feel like when weapons drop without that intrinsically they're they're not worth using in the hard content when the champions show up. Lastly let's talk about majors and bosses. This is kind of related to what I've been saying. 
I feel like the rhythmic nature of the combat has changed. It has it has it has sort of evolved over time. Traditionally, we would do a lot of red bar killing, and then you'd whip out your Galahorn for damage, or you'd do a lot of red bar killing, and you'd get out your Dark Drinker or your Sleeper, and that's generally how exotics landed in the game. They would sort of land in a way where that is the only consideration they were given. What's it do for damage? How is it for DPS? Izanagi's kind of furthered that thought process. Uh, it was like, oh my gosh, this thing is so strong, especially when you go into garden and the bosses are sort of built around hitting a nice little crit spot. You know, Nagi's was pretty good. Whisper's still pretty good as well. So I do think champions and majors can bring more rhythmic pain to move away from only thinking about DPS exotics. If you're constantly having to do with a rhythm of majors and champions, you're going to consider weapons like Xenophage, which isn't really built for DPS, or Bastion, or the, the, the Devil's Ruin. You're going to think about these weapons because they're going to meet that particular pain point, that rhythm of pain. I like the Sundial boss structure for a couple of reasons. It's more of a rumble, and the boss is small, the boss is agile, and the damage windows are small and they're short. So you're not really focused on a damage bath. Oh, just dump everything you have. You chisel away, you satisfy the mechanic, you clear the ads, you do it again. This is where having something that is really effective against majors could be a really good solution. If you go into a boss room and you know there's a heavy, heavy rhythm of majors or champions, that's going to be a consideration in your loadout and your weapons, as opposed to, yeah, just kill all these trash ads and then dump your heavy into the boss. It would create a more dynamic experience as well as more loadout decisions, and Bungie can kind of go crazy with this. Every boss fight could feel a little bit different, and they don't have to think about the bosses per se. They could think about the economy of enemy like the economy of enemy how many enemies are we going to throw at what type of enemies are we going to throw at them how are they going to meet that pain point they're going to need champion mods they're going to meet certain exotics that are really good at certain things and I think that's a better better road to take us down the Bastion and you know the Xeno I think fall into a category of busting majors and we can continue to go down a similar line of giving exotics a certain category and a certain feel of meeting those pain points as long as they're showing up. This does tie to my contest modifier video. We need a context where these pain points are felt so that you can't kind of run whatever the frick you want. We need that context where you can take a min-max loadout in your mods and your stats and everything being considered as well as then taking these exotics in. Layers to combat are good and I think it adds to uh, you know the idea that just having a DPS dump I think gets old and having more layers to the combat and the enemies and your loadout I think would be a good direction I think Bastion and Xeno can fit into a future of Destiny where those sorts of things happen as always we're going to transition to Q&A if you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always come in live at saynotorage.com and as always please like, share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about the Bastion, gave my review on it, talked about overall like exotics and their role in the game. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. It'll bring you right to my channel. When I'm live, I'm usually live during the days when these hit the feeds. So let's jump right into the questions. First one from... Loaf de Bread says, what's your overall opinion of Bastion? I mean, that's basically what the video was about, so I like it. I think it's unique, and I think it it falls into a lane that more exotics are falling into. We don't need meta god killers. I think more unique weapons that, that are fun or feel different or do a unique or particular job is, is the way to go. Uh, T-Main. Could Bungie put an exotic-only mod for all champion enemies on the artifact each season? 
that is for exotic weapons. I mean, they could certainly do that. I think this is what I think they need to do in a bigger picture. I think champion meat mods need to come off the artifact. I think all primary weapons should be able to use champion mods. It doesn't matter. So a bow can do anti-barrier, overload, or unstoppable. And you just set certain rules. Or maybe not. Maybe certain it wouldn't work with certain things. So a bow... Well, I guess a bow could work. You would just have to shoot, like, maybe, like, I don't know, two shots or something. Uh, just, in any case, all primaries should be able to use champion modifiers. And the seasonal activity, um, the seasonal activity for the spring season, that needs to have modifiers each week that motivate you to use different weapons. So one week, if you know, I'm assuming there'll be champions in there. One week it'll say, oh, sidearms and bows are stronger this week against champions. And then the next week, auto rifles and scout rifles are stronger against champions this week. And so you're changing your loadout week to week only if you want to, according to the incentivization of the modifiers. You should just... The champion mods have been an experiment, and they've learned some good things. Now it's time to just kind of open it and say, all all primaries can use champion mods, and then period week to week you use modifiers to make people switch weapons according to the modifiers. So I don't, you know, Eugene saying if all primaries can use it, it kind of defeats the point of champions. I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree because if you've got to run a particular one for particular things. Maybe Eugene's point is right, though, to a certain degree. Maybe you can only do Unstoppable on Scouts, Pulses, and Bows, and Hand Cannons. And then, if you want Anti-Barrier, you gotta go to more Rapid Fire Weapons, Auto Rifles, SMGs, Sidearms. They would have to limit it to a certain to a certain extent, but also, I think they could motivate and incentivize you changing your loadout week to week. Because right now... To say that, like, champions are offering a significant pain point, it's like, oh, so Unstoppable guy shows up and I hit him with one arrow, one one bow? <coughs> Does that make sense? It's like, well, I, I, it, it's not even that painful as it is. I think if you opened up the ability for more, more things to use champion mods, you could probably justify having way more champions present in the content, right? you could say well we can have a higher rhythm of champions because we've made it a lot easier to interact with the actual champion pain point as opposed to well it's really infrequent and it's not even that hard to deal with they could ramp up i think the pain if they give the if they give us more power if they were to do this then i think what they could do is they could also open it up to work on exotics or make exotics have an intrinsic. I think it's really easy to see with like Wave Splitter, Prometheus Lens, and Cold Heart. They could literally have one of each. One of each of those could do anti-barrier, unstoppable, and overload. And then you just use whichever whichever trace rifle you feel like using. I would be nobody's really using a lot of the exotics now. Those are some of my favorite exotics, and I don't freaking touch them. Because it's like I, I, I don't want to they're, they're not they're not landing on a pain point in the game right now. And I think maybe Bungie did that on purpose. Maybe they wanted some of the new exotics to be more featured in your loadout. You know, hey, if you if you're sick of running bows with Unstoppable, run this uh, run this Devil's Ruin, right? You know, you you switch it up. So they could be doing it initially just so that we rotate and try out the new exotics. But I also think it's it's not a good system if you're constantly sort of invalidating all exotics by adding a system that makes it to where you either use the new exotic that has it intrinsically or or completely avoid the, the the mechanic altogether. I don't think the I don't think the mechanic of champions and the mechanic of of the champion mods has landed fully yet. And that's how I would say Bungie 
could consider doing that. They could say, oh, well, let's 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 just take it off. And listen, when they did the Gamescom interview, they even said, we're going to consider at some point making these mods standard. If they're a hit or if we think they're good and we don't want them to be dependent upon the artifact, we could make these mods standard mods. I bet you that happens with champion mods. I can kind of, I can kind of sense that that's where they're going to go with it. They were using these first two seasons to test it out and then they'll make them standard mods in the game. I don't see why, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. What's the problem with that? Eknor. Sorry about the topic. Do you think PvP will always be a hurdle for Bungie to fully embrace the RPG statement? Like God rolls not even worth grinding as they have minimum impact. Customization is also lacking in terms of power and primary exotics are also suffering because of PvP. I don't really want to get into this. I think PvP is a giant subject and I've I've said my piece in a variety of ways. I think that the weapon meta is always going to be in swing. You're always going to have people complaining about the meta and the weapons. Uh, Generally, right now, it feels like people are complaining about whatever kills them, and there's a variety of low-floor entry weapon and loadout options, and people hate that, and I don't think that's going away. I think that's how you keep the bottom tier entertained. I think the cheating, the matchmaking, and the team balancing is the main issue that's really causing people to disengage. Also, a lack of reason to grind. If I was going to focus on PvP right now, number one, anti-cheat. Like, is priority one. Anti-cheat's priority one. Priority two is fixing the matchmaking and the team balancing so your best players don't feel punished. Uh, And number three, they need a rhythmic, ritualistic reason to log in day-to-day and week-to-week. There is no anti-cheat. There is no reason to log in day-to-day, week-to-week. That's why the numbers are plummeting for PvP. And... the matchmaking and the and the and the team balancing is hurting your most faithful players that are continuing to stick around even though you know there are elements of the game that are really frustrating um pve is is has has settled into an 800,000 drop and that's the, that's what we expected in january i expected it 2 weeks ago it, to to land in the 800 to 900,000s i thought january was going to slow down it typically does and then pve is right around 500,000 again so pvp is still in a really really low spot usually around this time of year it's 800,000 PVE and it's like 600,000 maybe 700,000 PVP and PVP just has continued to dwindle the only reason PVP has slightly bounced back is likely because of Iron Banner and it'll drop back down probably into the 300,000s next week Um, so big picture zoom out that's what needs to happen with PVP I don't really want to go down this road any further than that. We've talked about PvP a lot lately, and we're beating a lot of dead horses. Like, we know that there there are certain things that need to happen. It's just a matter of waiting for Bungie to implement them, or maybe not. I don't know. Without anti-cheat, I don't think this game's going anywhere. I think PvP's going to suffer a slow death. If Bungie can't figure out anti-cheat, then PvP's just going to suffer a slow death. You're going to kill it. Any free-to-play game, it's it, it's it's player versus player environment is going to die if you don't protect it from cheaters, because the game is free and people are people are IP spoofing and hardware spoofing, so you're never going to get rid of them. Um, so, no, that's not a correct number. Doom Slayer, um, six hundred seventy-two thousand for PVP is inflated by Gambit numbers. I don't know where you're pulling those numbers. Charlemagne's usually more accurate. PvP is actually lower than that, and PvE is slightly higher. Well, not IP spoofing. Sorry, they use a VPN and they can switch their IP, and then they hardware spoof. So when you ban their hardware, you're banning hardware that doesn't exist. Um, Sunfire. With how exotics focus on uniqueness, do you think that they could be showing brief taste of weapon 2.0? 
Um, I missed a question. I need to go back. Um, I don't know if they're showing us brief taste of weapons 2.0. Again, they could be testing perk ideas and stuff, but I don't think they're doing that with exotics. Uh, El Generic Co. says, Do you think Bastion getting a buff in the future uh, since it seems to be a bit underwhelming? I think it seems to be doing fine in PvP. It does seem to be pretty strong at the range that it should be strong. It doesn't feel quite strong enough in PvE. Uh, feels kind of weak against majors and stuff like that. Um... <clears throat> I think the 800k is just a blip drop. It was a steady 1 million the days before. It's January. Iron Banner makes people divert their attention too. So PvE probably has people that were daily engaging with PvE that are now not. They're using their play sessions to grind Iron Banner. Next week it'll probably restabilize and PvP will hit 900. And then the PvE will hit, you know, three to 400 again. It'll, it'll switch back. PvP had a rise and PvE went down. It's probably because of Iron Banner. Uh, Black Mambo. Should exotic weapons released since the inception of champion enemies always have one of the anti-champion mods or at the very least have an additional mod catalyst slot leveled up to insert the anti-champion artifact mods? One or the other, yes. I said this in my video. Either make it intrinsic and truly, can you make it intrinsic on all the all of the exotics? <laughs> There's a lot of exotics kind of getting left by the wayside because of champion mods. Uh, either make it intrinsic on all of them or just give them all a mod slot for it. Synocracy. If we're talking about fusion rifles in general, do you think that rapid-fire frames have been neglected? I feel like fusions such as the Proleum uh, better fit the bill as a shotgun counter rather than high impacts that step on the toes of many other mid-range primaries. I'm not going to commentate on, on on how fusions feel in PvP because I don't have enough experience there. All I know is a rental's absurd and needs addressed. Outside of that, I don't have a whole lot of um, I don't have a whole lot of commentary. But I will say in PvE, rapid fires always feel better. The biggest challenge of the Bastion is the charge time. The biggest be- the biggest challenge is the charge time. Because you go to use it on a captain, and you're like, ching, 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 and he spins out of the way. Or a, or a Minotaur teleports. You know what I'm saying? Like... Or a knight put, you know, they, they can, the, the agility, the agility of the enemies makes long charge time really, really, uh, really, really frustrating. So the minute you use a rapid fire, you're in a better camp. You're just shoom, shoom, shoom. Like it's 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 so much faster. Um, so the rapid fire from the raid is really enjoyable. The minute I use another type of fusion rifle, I just get irritated. I start to lose. I start to miss shots. And it can't be like a just hit your shots, kid. You can literally be mid charge up, have them on the center, and as you let go of it, they can roll out of the way. It's 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 it doesn't work. It there's. I don't are, there's travel time to, is there travel time on fusions or are they hit scan I don't even know I I just know that when I use a, a fusion rifle with a slower charge up time I, I feel like the efficiency of the weapon is automatically down because of the agility of the enemies even though it's somebody in chat saying it's hit scan if, if it is in fact hit scan it's still the time the time that it takes to charge up and let go I just feel like it's so easy for the enemies to get out of the way. So it's not like you're aiming and going bam, 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 and you missed one or two of those shots. It's you're praying they don't move because you're not. You can't like snap aim. Even if you snap the aim and trace them and land some of the shots as they move, the cone opens up when you do that and automatically brings it down. So all it takes is an enemy to move for the fusion to lose its efficiency. So rapid fires are are much more efficient, and they seem to just land a whole lot better and more consistently um, than the uh, than the others. 
I think that's the biggest, that's the Bastion's biggest uh, problem. Um, you have to predict where they're going to be, and I love it. I don't really know if that's even possible a lot of the times. Minotaurs tend to run on a straight line and then disappear and reappear, sometimes in ways that are really hard to predict. There's no cooldown on how many times they can teleport. Captains will sometimes do their spin move at random. I saw a captain literally melee cancel to roll out of the way. So it's 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 really, really hard to predict when they're going to decide to just jump out of the lane that you're trying to, trying to shoot. BB Bay says... I'm starting to notice a general theme of the design of the new Dark Age exotics where they are a special weapon that has exclusively an energy weapon and put into the kinetic slot, and they have some kind of ability to do more damage or to bypass elemental shields. Is there a specific reason that they didn't put anti-barrier rounds on these guns like a narrative reason? There's no narrative reason at all. They haven't said, they haven't, they've given us no thought process when they said they were taking unstoppable off of the symmetry they didn't even explain why it was like wait a minute we thought that was a hidden perk it made sense right an exotic with an intrinsic champion mod that's been going on on leviathan's breath divinity ariana's vow like why why is that not why is that not a part of the a part of the weapon we were kind of confused by that and they didn't even seem to give an explanation um which i thought was strange um, you know, I don't know why, why, why not tell, why not tell us like, why not tell us what's going on? Um, why not, why not explain it? So they said it's reserved for a heavy. Oh, so unstoppable is reserved for a heavy. Well, there's supposed to be another heavy coming out this year. So I don't know if that's maybe, I don't know. I have, I have, I have no idea why that would be the way if they're going to reserve for heavy, there could be another heavy coming out. If anything, then why doesn't the symmetry have something? Anti-barrier? I, I don't know. Um, something. I don't know. Uh, killer. Or Kil- Kilker says, How does the Bastion compare to other fusions? It doesn't seem to work any better than a legendary fusion, uh, and it takes up the exotic slot. I mean, I would have to compare. I found it was really, really good against majors. Um, I know that rapid-fire fusions are good against majors, but I tend to have to do three or four shots. If you land this right, it can take one shot, maybe two. Uh, you can land one shot and then finish her. So it's actually really good for that. A lot of the majors I was killing, I was able to take them down to a, like a nothing, like a sliver, and then you can finish them with the melee or a finisher. And my rapid fire is usually three full blasts. It depends what burn, what shield they have. Sometimes a rapid fire is going to be a bit better. If void burn is on and they have a void shield, I can two phase them if, if they're orange bar or yellow bar. So I would say it, it it it's difficult to compare because a lot of the times I'm using it in different ways now. Um, and I definitely felt like my rapid fires weren't doing as well. Now, loaded question might be better depending on the environment because of how strong it is, but loaded question gets loses some traction because of reload and stuff. Like, you can't kind of keep it out. This thing, I can kind of keep going and reloading if I need to. And again, we need to remember, not every exotic is going to be a a god killer so finding places to use this I think is key and if we start to find places to use this and it feels like it feels like it's not worth using because as you're saying I can just throw on a legendary fusion well that's a conversation we need to have like again it may need buffed in PVE I don't want to I don't want to make a video the first week the weapon comes out and be like this needs buffed I don't want to do that um but I do think that likely could be a conclusion we come to um in in a, in a week or two that there needs to be there needs to be maybe a PVE buff 
on the weapon in, in at, a, at a ground level. So, cool guy said it best. It's another tool in your pool, toolbox. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel they're going with exotics. 21 nil gaming. Do you think this might have been a better reward and better placed in our loadouts as a fusion rifle in the power weapon slot? Um... Well, you're asking for a different weapon then. Like, if they would have put it in the power weapon slot, it'd have an elemental burn, and it would need to do way more damage. And so that's a different weapon entirely. So, I, th- th- you're, you're asking if it should be a different weapon. I, I don't know. Ashen Hollow. Is Iron Banner even worth worthy of being considered a pinnacle PvP activity? Even PvP tubers always seem to hate running as it rewards are more geared towards PvE. Sorry if this seems like a statement. Uh, it is more of a statement, but is it worthy of being a pinnacle PvP activity is your question. I mean, that's subjective. PvP doesn't have a pinnacle activity, so they kind of need it to be. Um, I saw people talking about light level enabled content. Um, and to his credit, Giggs has been consistent on this. I actually searched for the term and he said for, uh, he said last year and he said this year that, light level enabled pvp is stupid and i agree with him and i think more people should see why it's stupid it doesn't make any sense to give people an advantage because they play more i don't understand why if you want a balanced crucible great how can you argue for a balanced crucible in one breath and then the next breath defend an imbalanced crucible dependent upon somebody doesn't play as much as you like that's stupid there's not another word to use it's stupid it's like i don't understand you have a free-to-play game and you're and you're funneling people into Iron Banner to to do less damage and to die faster because they don't play that much. It's like, hey, come on back to Iron Banner. Uh, you've not been playing that much. Maybe it's a reason to come in and grind. Oh, by the way, you've not been playing that much. Have fun losing to No Life Charlie, who's all the way max level and lives and breathes this game. He already has advantages if he's playing a lot. He knows the maps. He knows the meta. He knows where to go. He's quicker at reading radar. His reflexes are probably more honed and tuned. And you're giving him a damage advantage too? It's dumb. It's so dumb. I don't understand. I've never, ever ever seen a good defense of it it doesn't make any sense it's like people will type up this elaborate argument for a balanced crucible on reddit and then in the next breath they're defending light level crucible it's a light level enabled crucible i'm like what are you talking about what that's that's intrinsic imbalance you can't argue for balance and then be like but i want to be able to crap on noobs who don't play as much as me because their power level's lower it's stupid it i i don't know i'm glad that somebody who at least is in the pvp realm and has a big platform is preaching against it maybe gigs can finally get some people on his side and bungie sees to like 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 this is just so dumb this is not welcoming this is poor design for a free-to-play game it's poor design for a monthly activity it's awful get rid of it it's so dumb and the people that are going to complain, guess what? They play a ton. They're going to keep playing a ton. Nobody's going to throw their hands up and stop playing Destiny because you remove power level, you know, environment and Iron Banner. And then, oh, it's Endgame. It should have power level enabled. What? What does that even mean? Like, okay, so let me get this straight. Iron Banner's Endgame PvP. So you're basically telling people who either don't play pvp that much hey come play iron banner so you're promoting it to both the crowd that plays and the crowd that maybe doesn't 
And so you're telling them to come play an environment where they're going to be weaker unless they've been playing a lot. It's nonsensical. It's illogical. It doesn't make any sense. It's not like a raid where you say, get ready, there it is. Oh, you're not strong enough? No worries, you can grind for a while and go play it. Oh, you're not strong enough to play Iron Banner? Tough cookies, bud. It's going away in a week. Get to grinding your level. Get to grinding your power up. It doesn't make any sense. A raid is statically there that you can grind up. You can get your power up. You can get strong enough to do it. Difficulty spectrum on nightfalls. Difficulty spectrum on nightmare hunts. It's always there for you to aspire to. Iron Banner shows up once a month. And if you've been taking a break from Crucible or for leveling, it's just giving you more reasons to not come back and play it. It just, it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why they why they turned it back on. It's it especially in a free to play environment. I don't think it can be I don't think it can be there anymore. Shifting to gear. At what point is obtaining an exotic weapon not enough incentive to do a quest? I.e., as more exotics are added to the game, doesn't the value of each exotic decrease? Well, not necessarily. I mean, we've gotten some pretty dope exotics recently. I mean, Divinity's pretty awesome. Xenophage is better now. I liked Ariana's Vow in the right places. Uh, Devil's Ruin is creative. We've never seen anything like that before. Uh, we, you know, and then we just got the the Bastion. So I, I, I generally don't know um, if. I, I, I generally don't know if you're, if 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 you're gonna see this this road end. As long as they do, and this is why I defended the, the Bastion. They can't create a hundred Galahorns, but they can create weapons that feel more like either like a Borderlands style gun. Uh, like the colony or a gun like this it feels like maybe it's a particular tool for a particular job same with divinity Ariana's Val Leviathan's Breath uh, and Xenophage Symmetry um, I don't know I think they've been doing a pretty bang up job rolling out exotics that we've not really seen before so I also think they could go back and retread some of the old waters of you know make you know make some of the weapons that we we don't really use worth using again, uh, especially when you look at weapons like the uh, sunshot. Okay, but why waste an exotic slot on it? Um, all of the all of the wave splitter, Prometheus lens, and Coldheart, all of them, the graviton lance too, could all get some little treatment with the champion mods. Uh, you know, make them worth using because there's places for those to shine. Oh, it's void burn. Oh, I'll slap this on my pulse rifle. Let me use graviton. You know, there's a variety of reasons why I think they could get away with that as opposed to, um, as opposed to just kind of leaving some of the exotics on the shelf. Whitlow with, uh, which changes could they apply to Bastion to make it a better weapon? It allows for diversification and loadouts. However, it seems like a PVP weapon to me. I, I think, I think we've already kind of touched on this. I think as time goes on, it's probably going to get a PVE buff. It just, it doesn't seem quite strong enough in PVE. Um, to warrant being an exotic if if its damage efficiency is matched by legendary fusions that's a problem and needs addressed flying mangoes do you th- or or leave it where it is and give it give it intrinsic champion mods like and give it all three then it would be worth using why am I gonna run that fusion rifle it's not that strong well it, it, it can interact with every single champion mod you know give it a one-size-fits-all feel because it is a very particular weapon and its efficiency range is pretty is pretty short too. 
Flying Mangoes. Do you think Bungie isn't keen on implementing champion mods on every exotic because they want them each to feel unique? Mods on every single exotic would be nice, but I could see them feeling like it robs the identity of certain exotics. No, I don't agree with this. I think there's a greater problem here. Oh no, the divinity isn't unique anymore. Who gives a frick? It's Ark, and it puts that big giant barrier and that big giant crit spot. That's a reason to use it. Oh, and it does overload. But then if I need anti-barrier, I'd throw on my cold heart. If I need um, uh, unstoppable, you know, I'd throw on my Prometheus lens. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I think a, a greater problem, the greater disservice, the greater disservice is that you're robbing the rest of the exotics of any kind of prominence. It's worse to have 80% of the exotics like sitting on a shelf than to basically be like, well, now Divinity's not as special as it used to be. It still has a purpose. It still has a reason to use it. It still has context where it could be a really, really great weapon as opposed to doing doing what they're doing now, which is they have intrinsically and sort of by default lowered the value of all the other exotics. Yeah, and overloads are really, really rare. As I said earlier, if they increase the amount of exotics that had it and they opened it up to where all primaries could run you know, all primaries could run unstoppable. Well, all primaries where it's sensible that they run unstoppable. So auto rifles and SMGs and sidearms wouldn't have unstoppable, but, but scouts and pulses and bows and hand cannons would get unstoppable, right? And then they'd also get anti-barrier, but you wouldn't give anti-barrier to like a bow or a scout. See what I'm saying? There'd be some overlap. There'd be some overlap. But I do think if they did that, that would be justification for saying we're going to load more champions into the content. Overloads are going to show up more often. Anti-barrier and unstoppables are going to show up more often. Right now, they hardly ever show up as it is, and a lot of the times, if you spec yourself outright, you can ignore them. I was ignoring the anti-barrier guys in Sundial. It was void heavyweight. I just I just hit him with the tractor cannon two or three times, and they were dead. It was like, and you get ammo every instant, so it's I don't have to I don't have to like protect my heavy ammo. Those guys show up, boom, 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 dead. Bye. I don't have to worry about their stupid anti-barrier. They're just dead. So, I'd be less inclined to do that if I had more freedom with anti-barrier to be like, oh, I can gut bust him with an SMG and then shotgun him in the face and save my heavy ammo. Don't you see what they could do? Like, we'll just take that instance, okay? If there were more champions coming out, but I was equipped to deal with it... I wouldn't want to lean on tractor cannon because I'd run out of tractor cannon. The quantity of the champions would drain my my tractor cannon. Or you could have something tankier come out every once in a while. Now you have a justification to add more bosses because, well, they're going to save all their heavy because now they they can run anti-barrier on anything so it's easier to deal with the rhythm of anti-barrier champions coming out. Do you see? You create a pain point, you equip me to deal with the pain point, and I feel like my choice mattered. I chose the SMG, I chose the shotgun, I chose whatever. Instead of saying, you must run unstoppable on a bow, or just blitz him with a heavy and get him out of the game. So I'm either being forced to use a particular weapon, which I don't have any ownership in that decision, so it's not as enjoyable, it's not as... It's not as satisfying. Or I bypass the mechanic and just blow my heavy on the guy. I think either scenario is not as good as ramping up the quantity of champions in the game, ramp up the availability of me using champion mods so I can meet that pain point on the battlefield, and then, now that I'm barely ever using my heavy, throw something in the game that I have to use against, oh, yeah, there's a mini boss every time. Once the champion mods are gone, a mini boss comes out, I need to save my heavy for that. 
you create pain points that I can find a solution to as opposed to creating a pain point where I either do a predetermined solution according to the artifact mods or you create a pain point that I bypass because it's annoying and I just I just use my heavy on him. There's three choices there. I think the one that I'm trotting out would create a better sort of rhythm to the combat to where you feel like your choices matter as opposed to the other two options, which is bypass the mechanic or feel like I'm forced to engage with it in a very particular way. Uh, Cruises. Hey, Lono, I wanted to know how you think the best source of action might be. If Bungie were to change exotics to be more engaging against champions, how would they make mods for that? All mods available for each... Uh, Yeah, we just talked about this, so this question was basically just answered moments ago. Jinja300 says, Similar to how some exotic weapons have intrinsic champion mods, do you think that they could do something with the exotic armor, for example? A pair of gauntlets that has intrinsic uh, tenderizer. Um... You're getting really far down the road here, and what I mean is, if they don't create the context that I just outlined, it you you would need something that's really challenging, an abundance of champions, maybe even a, a contest modifier delta, like I talked about in my previous video. You really need to ramp up the the difficulty and the pain to cr- for that to be meeting a need. Presently, I don't need intrinsic tenderizer. I you know what I'm saying. But you could have intrinsic tenderizer on something or let that mod stick around outside of this season. And when you do that, you're creating a a power that needs a context. Right now we have power that has no context. Min-maxing, mod swapping, having that, you know, having that control over your stats and stuff. There's no context where that's even needed. Nothing in the game presses on us that hard. Nothing. Nothing presses on us that hard. We need that. So you're getting too far down the road here. They would need to create an environment where they would be justified in saying, there are tons of champions, it's really hard. We've equipped you to deal with it. We've got intrinsic tenderizer on this. We've opened up champion mods to be available on everything. We've added intrinsic champion mods to all the exotics. You're now more equipped than ever to deal with champions. And because of that, we've increased the quantity and the pain of champions. If you start to give us, you're you're just doing you're you're compounding an existing problem. You're giving us more and more power, and not and, and giving us nowhere to take that power. I was watching my daughter in swim lessons, and she's six, and she's in there with another little boy. And I don't know if he's older than her or he hit a really big growth spurt. I think he might be older than her. He's significantly taller than her. And they set up these little stands out in the water for them to jump and swim to. So she jumps, swims, 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 swims. She's there. You teach them how to put their head underwater and all that. This kid's so tall, he jumps and takes like two strokes and he's there. Okay? He's there. He's too tall. Okay? So there's no... He, it's, I, think, I think he needs promoted from his class, right? He needs promoted up because he's too tall. He can't learn in that environment. He's, 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 he's gr- outgrown, he's outgrown the, the, the area in the pool that they train in. If you keep giving us power, we're going to keep outgrowing the pool. We're just so big and so strong that like... The, I don't even look at my stuff. I don't look at my stats. I'm so strong, and I've got so much at my disposal, I'm just like, okay, give me this ammo, give me this ammo finder scavenger, give me this reload, alright, let's jump in, let's go. I'm taller than the section of the pool now, 
but when I go into an environment where there's an abundance of champions, there's a delta, I feel a little bit weaker, suddenly I'm smaller in the pool, now I gotta pay attention to what the frick I'm doing, right? I gotta pay attention to my stats, maybe move some things around, maybe increase recovery, maybe increase my grenade uptime with certain perks and certain builds and certain guns to give myself more lethality and more survivability. The same thing would happen to this kid in this swimming class if you suddenly put him in a bigger section of the pool. He couldn't take it so lackadaisical. He's not even paying attention. He's goofing around half the time. Why? He's not being challenged. You put him out here. Now he's got to swim. Now he's got to swim 20 feet. He better pay attention. He better look where he's going. He better be on the ball or he's going to get tired. He's going to get, he's going to lose his bearings. He's not going to know what he's doing. He's going to come up for air and get confused, right? That he would need to pay attention and apply what he's learned. We can't apply what we've gained. We, there's nowhere for us to apply the power that we have. We're bigger than the pool at this point. And so we need that. That's why I have a video about contest modifier. If they give us more power with champion mods and they open up the floodgates, we need a context where that makes sense to give us that level of freedom, which would be a higher volume of champions. Um, And what you're saying would actually play into that because it would be like, well, man, Intrinsic Tenderizer is really helpful in this particular gameplay or in this particular environment because there's a lot of Unstoppables. And man, oh man, we shred them when I'm running Tenderizer and I'm running this weapon and you're running that. It would it, it, it creates it creates this sense of satisfaction. When our efficiency went up in the 980 nightmare hunts because we made changes to our loadout and we complimented each other, it felt really satisfying. So And yes, that is the kid in my daughter's swim class. I told a story the other day. His name is Mateo, and it's funny, and I get I crack up every time. Our, my children will fight you on this. They will argue with you up one down side the other that his name is Potato. <laughs> because they can't hear that well in there it's loud and there's fans running and stuff it's real echoey and so they 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 swear they swear his name is potato and i'm like this poor boy his name is mateo but it's funny it's harmless they're not being mean-spirited turd blossom what do you feel would be an amazing exotic for the future i like the idea of bastion it just doesn't seem super unique i actually feel like it does feel unique um, the way that it fires, the way that it charges up, and it's in the kinetic slot. I don't, I don't have any ad- ideas for exotics right now. Uh, Whitlow, sorry for asking two questions. How do you think the fallen in the lore obtained the bastion? Uh, no idea. Diaz, speaking of exotics, going to be more utility. Do you think the next exotic sword should be an energy slot sword with anti-barrier intrinsic special perk? This is just you out, you know, putting out your idea. I have an entire, I think I have an entire video, maybe not. I have entire rants and speeches on swords should be energy weapons. Um, I sure why not to your idea yeah Titan with no chill do people hate on Bastion purely because it's the reward for the corridors puzzle personally I think it's fun and it's uh, it's fine and fun in PvP yeah I mean I think corridors of time put put sort of a shadow over this weapon and I think by and large if they can give it a nice PvE buff I think it'll become a weapon that people enjoy and think think fondly about it but i think we'll always kind of look back and be like we spent five days earning a earning a earning a roadmap gun you know and i think a lot of people are going to look at it that way i'm going to look back and be like we did something that had never been before done in destiny we had more community involvement than ever ever before in, in an event like this um and it was really really cool and it was it was uh it was really fun you know and i'll always look back and think that because 
you know, it also landed at a really needed time. A lot's changed in the community. A lot's changed in the Twitch directory. And it was cool to see everybody kind of come together and rub shoulders and interact with people that they ordinarily don't interact with. It created a lot of good, I think, a lot of good bonds and a good foundation for, you know, the future and what's and what's in front of us. We got more content. We got more things coming. And, you know, I think it's good to see the community come together, both in the streaming world and in the Reddit world um, and in Twitch chat and everything else. Scott Rock. What Eugene said about bypassing the barrier champions made me think. Do you think Bungie should make enemies unkillable until they have been staggered at least once, or would this lean too uh, too far towards hardcore sentimentality? Well, here's your general problem with that. It's a match-made environment, and it'd be really frustrating to be running anti-barrier and to get paired with a bunch of mouth-breathers that are running nothing. They're not running any of the mods. You're like, what? What's the problem? Huh? And why can't we kill these guys? Uh, like, I don't want to play with people like that. If I have to do it, <laughs> if I have to do it to kill them, matchmaking would become a disaster. And 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 listen, I wanted to I want to defend I want to defend our absent-minded brethren and and sisters that play the game and kind of shut their brain off. I think we all kind of do that. We all kind of do that. It's fun just to kind of put the game on and not really think about every single jot and tittle of the game. You just kind of want to jump in and shoot the bad guys. And so I kind of want to defend them a little bit. I don't want content that's seasonal and match-made to be really, really dynamic and thought out. You really need the you need the one hour a night, couple hours a week players to just be able to jump in and shoot the bad guys and get some stuff. Because I think that's what keeps them coming back. If they're if they if they load in and they got some guy sending them hate mail like hey you idiot put on unstoppable I'm running anti barrier or whatever that uh, that I think that would be problematic so now if you want to go up into the master level difficulty and require that and there's no matchmaking I'd be okay with that but we've talked about this before in my video about Legend Sundial and how disappointing it was uh, we got into this in Q and A we talked about how seasonal content is limited in its time frame of, of how long you can run it, which makes it really difficult for Bungie to create a super difficult version of it. And there's a couple of reasons why. If they make it super difficult, they got to put it later in the season so people have time to kind of prepare. If they put it later in the season and it's super difficult, now you have less time to go and interact with it. And if it's really, really super difficult and doesn't have good rewards, the incentive breaks down. So, logically, a lot of things need to be satisfied for really hard content. Number one, if it's really hard and it's got Extinguish and you require a lot of synergy like a raid or something, you kind of need to turn matchmaking off. If you do that, you've now limited the scope. And if you do that and it's really hard and it's tough to complete, now you need a really good reward. So, really challenging non-matchmade content with a really good reward attached to seasonal content that expires is a recipe for frustration. So they kind of can't do that. They can't be like, welcome to the season, you spent $10, and you know, 20% of this content and its loot pool is probably something you'll never get your hands on. That wouldn't go over very well. So, Bungie doesn't have a good record of explaining mechanics in-game either. Well, I don't agree with that, actually, at all. I think when you go into content like Gambit Prime or Menagerie, Luke Smith explained this in his director's cut. It's all visual. It tells you what to do on the screen with visual markers. 
to look at Menagerie or even Gambit Prime and to argue that they don't they don't teach people well about mechanics. I don't agree with that at all. I think people are not paying attention. There's also people that are just kind of kind of dumb. Like <laughs> they're like, what? Um, <laughs> what? Uh, what do I do? Like, listen, I'm that dumb dumb. I'm that dumb dumb. I don't read what's on the screen. I'm like, what the frick? Where is it? And people are like, Lono, it's in the quest. Go back and read it. And I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, where's the thing? I'm trying to do the thing. Oh, it's right here. It's right. It's fine. It's fine. It's right here. It's right here. Like, and I think a lot of people go into content like that. So it's like. I, I think they've actually done a pretty good job of explaining mechanics and telling you what you need to do in the match made environments and then they give you a visual marker of like go stand here you dumb dumb so but again again the minute you combine all those things really challenging non match made dope loot the minute you have those three markers that doesn't work very well on limited time content that's only around for three months that's a recipe for frustration I just got strong enough to do this and it goes away next week. What the frick? I'm not going to get the stuff. Or, yeah, I never got a chance to go in. I didn't get strong enough. I couldn't get the team together. Yeah, I didn't even get to do, interact with that. Yeah, I didn't get any of the weapons. Oh, well, don't put good gear in there. Oh, you just broke the logical You just broke the logical structure. Yeah, just don't put any good loot in there. Okay, then what's the point of the content? If it's really challenging and there's no matchmaking and you yank out the loot incentive, you just broke the logical structure of the content and now nobody's going to want to run it. Oh, well, put matchmaking in there. Eh, you just you just kind of did the same thing. You're just going to go in and have a bad experience. You're going to fail. You're going to extinguish. You're going to get kicked. You're going to get wiped. You're going to whatever. And that's not going to be a good look for the content. I'm not spending $10 on that. That sucked. I worked my way up, got pretty strong, went into a matchmade you know, environment, and it was horrible. And we got nothing accomplished. I don't want to spend that. I don't want to spend money on this kind of content again. Yeah, the note on the safe and pray yesterday. I didn't even see it. Ginger three hundred. Do you think Bungie would ever retire certain champion? Uh, retire certain champions and add new ones? No, I don't think so. They would. I mean, I could potentially see them adding, but not retiring. Retiring would be pretty lame. Yeah, we're gonna get rid of overload. Sweet, so divinity sucks now. Like, what? What do I need to like? Divinity has an intrinsic perk, and you're just taking it out of the game. I could see them adding. I could see them adding. That doesn't hurt divinity. Divinity would still have a place where it needs to work, right? You unstoppable anti barry and overload would still have places where they need to show up, and then there could be a new mod, a new champion, and a new exotic that has an intrinsic. So I could definitely see another champion. I would think a good champion would be on unst- what would be an armored champion. Call it armored, armored with a D at the end. So you have anti barrier that's shield based. You have overload that's just like you can. I don't even know what that means. You can stun them and they're aggressive. Then you have unstoppable. They're hyper aggressive and you can stun them and you stop them and they take damage. Armored would be really really cool. They have vis- visible like physical armor on, and an armor buster mod would be reserved for things like shot, shotguns, grenade launchers, rocket launchers. And when you do enough damage, you blow the you blow the armor pieces off so that they can be um, killed quicker, and it stuns them and makes them weak for a little bit after. Uh, that I, I would that I think that'd be fun, and then that could incorporate some of the energy weapons. Uh, you could use a sniper and put armor buster on it, and if you land the right snipe shots, their armor pieces come off. Um, so there's definitely another layer there that I think they could add something like that where shotguns, snipers, grenade launchers, and rocket launchers could be included in the champion mod uh, loot pool. Uh, and that could be for something more specific like an armor buster. 
Even swords could be included on that, actually. That'd be kind of hot. Um, Bacon. How about balancing all exotic on a level ground? I mean, a basis of reasonable DPS and PvE and TTK and PvP also should all exotic uh, exceed legendary, including ritual and pinnacle, both aspect of uniqueness and power. Well, this is kind of hard because you could be like, well, the the, the, the the Izanagi's is so much stronger than the Bastion. Okay, well, they're, they're, they're different tools for different jobs, so those kind of comparisons um, could be kind of si- silly. As far as there being a basis for reasonable DPS and PvE and TTK and PvP, I think one of the reasons that they, they struggle to do this is they can't just dial down the damage of the gun in PvE or increase it in PvP or vice versa. You can't do that. When they make a gun stronger in PvE, they actually make the enemies weaker to it. So it's kind of reverse engineering what you're talking about, and it's more complex. And I think that's why it's sometimes harder for them to get it just right in a sweet spot. Uh, Datsmo was seven months and five months from KJ the night. Thank you guys for those resubs. So that's why when they do something against majors and minors, like they do it individual to the, even the, the enemy class. So they could make this thing stronger against majors, but leave it leave it as strong as it is against minors. Uh, you know, red bars. So, uh, Chrono Ignite. Could the criticism about Bastion not being meta actually coming from the bloated weaponry we have accumulated over the past three years? I don't see the two being related. I think people just have become accustomed to the idea that an exotic is supposed to be a meta, god-killing DPS machine. And more and more, they're landing in the game. Exotics are landing in the game, and they're not that. Ariana's Vow, Divinity, Xenophage, Devil's Ruin, Symmetry. None of these weapons are, are killers of gods with DPS. And primary weapons that were exotics never really did that either, but usually they were killers in Crucible. Um, or they would just be fun to use like Outbreak. Winter Wolf. Would it not be better to have a weapon like Bastion uh, work above average in PvE due to how it's obtained? Not uh, just like Touch of Malice, but similar. Uh, which could lead to a way of getting PvP-friendly weapons to work in PvP. I, your, your question is basically just asking, should it be better in PvE? Like, of course, I think so. Excluded. If they decided to allow a mod slot like on all exotic weapons, wouldn't you continue to see the meta weapons like Izanagi being used? No, because Izanagi serves a particular purpose. If you gave Izanagi like Unstoppable, I don't know if people would be running it. If I could run Unstoppable on Mida, if the content had a ton of Unstoppable, you know, trash ads in there, I might run Mida um, instead of Nagis, depending on the boss. This is why I said you need to have rhythmic pain from majors and champions and boss fights start to take on a different structure so you feel like Izanagis is a waste in certain content. You're like, I'm not going to land crit shots. Are you freaking kidding me? He's too agile. He's too small. I would say Sundial is a good example of this. People aren't using Nagis in there. No way. They're using it in Garden of Salvation, but they're not using it in Sundial. The enemies are too close. It's too agile on the boss. You don't really need it on him. Uh, Ophilius Maximus. The Destiny community solved a big puzzle last week, yet people still complain on why Bungie does this and the weapon is underwhelming. Do you think the community, at least part of it, uh, have a really huge expectation for weapons like Bastion? Well, I mean, there was a variety of things going on with the puzzle. There was misinformed folks that thought it was really not inclusive and they were told that we were being exclusive and being nasty to each other. Those are just people telling lies. They were just lying about the event because they don't like some of us and they wanted to undercut what was happening. Um, I saw people 
and they they were they were throwing in and agreeing and it's just like you guys are all from the same tribe you're doing this to try to hurt us because you don't like us so at one level that was happening there was misinformation and there was bad narratives being spun at another level people were disappointed because they were like this is a secret mystery and the weapon wasn't a secret mystery i understand where those folks are coming from and i agree i think the i think the exotic should have been a mystery on the roadmap then there are people that go one further and they say the puzzle was really good and fun but the weapon's not that great there's a variety of things going on here and I don't think that people have huge expectations for weapons like Bastion and that that's the cause of the disappointment I think the cause of the disappointment came in a variety of ways there was misinformation there were people that were trying to undercut what we were doing because the success of others they feel like is a threat to their own success and this is patterned behavior from them to try to hurt what other people are doing it's, it's patterned behavior if you just pay attention and then secondly you had people that just poo poo everything they just they hate everything Destiny does and Bungie does and then you had people that were like it should have been a surprise I like the gun but it should have been a surprise and then there are people that are like I don't really care that it wasn't a surprise the weapon's not good enough there's like a variety of responses to the weapon I don't think a lot of it is people having way too high of expectations about what exotic should be I think it's more related to subjectivity of the weapon's efficiency um, some people think it's terrible in PvP some people think it's better or good and that's subjective to the, to, to the user there's also people that just either weren't paying attention or didn't care or got surprised by it's all it's all along uh, the spectrum I think right now it's a really solid weapon in PvP but it needs a buff against majors in PvE it, it's fine against like red bar red bar minotaurs knights and captains but the minute you use it on something like a major whether it's like an orange bar or a yellow bar I, I do think it needs a buff against that 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 tier of enemy because you're more often than not going to want to pull this out against them and it just feels a little it feels a little too weak um, against those against those those tiers of enemies so it certainly isn't perfect but I really don't I I don't want to attribute people's disappointment to like, oh, your expectations were too high. I think there's some valid criticisms of the weapon and how the weapon landed. Um, so I would just continue to say that when a weapon like this lands, it needs to do its particular job and tool really, really well. And this one's not quite doing that. It's good, but it could be. It, it needs to be significantly better against that level of enemy. T-Funk, should there be best in slot in destiny specific best in slot based on content i think best in slot is dangerous because a couple of things happen right a couple of things happen there are people that will get a best in slot weapon and then never feel like using anything else and that's a danger and a threat to loot pursuit um, best in slot is dangerous because people always want to level up that weapon and they never want to let it, let it go they want to infuse it for forever um, and then best in slot's dangerous because eventually you're going to run out of room in the weapon pool if I have a best in slot hand cannon, auto rifle, shotgun scout rifle, pulse rifle, eventually if I have a best in slot in every archetype what the frick are you going to make does that make sense? Best in slot's dangerous. It threats. It's a threat to so many things. It's a threat to people being motivated to chase loot. It's a threat to Bungie being able to make new loot that matters. And it's a threat to the idea of like sometimes we have to leave weapons behind and move to new. It's a threat to a lot of things. So I don't. Best in slot's very dangerous right now. What's the best hand cannon? I mean, best hand cannon's really the one that you like. 
you can use one that's really snappy and fast and has demolitionist you can use one that's got feeding frenzy and rampage you can use a variety of 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 hand cannons and they all get the job done as a primary you know pvp sure everybody's using spare rations but like in pve you can use a lot you know people like why do you like 110s let's like them they hit hard an unstoppable 110 felt really really good in nightmare hunts it was very good at stunning its damage output was consistent i would get unstable essence and i would shred i would shred those stupid thrall and you know it, i i think the the faster firing you know hand cannons wouldn't wouldn't have packed as much of a punch in those environments i don't like them as much so I, I I do think that best in slot is super dangerous. That's best in slot is essentially what the what the pinnacle weapon system was doing to the game. Mountaintop and Recluse were the beginning of an oncoming problem and storm that Bungie shut down. Just it, they just shut that down. It's like okay, we're gonna run out of room here. This is setting a really really bad precedent. So. Yeah, I love my loud lullaby. I took that thing into uh, Master Nightmare Hunts. I loved running an unstoppable loud lullaby in there. It felt really, really good. I Sweatpants says, as a follow-up to the Iron Banner discussion, do you think perks and mods not working in normal playlists but enabled in Iron Banner would be a better system or something similar to that effect? I don't know if Bungie can do this. I don't know if... if part of me wonders if that would be kind of cool but man oh man that seems like a lot of work like what if there was an artifact for Iron Banner and you grab it from him and there's different perks and different things you can turn on and turn off and it really shakes up the gameplay and the meta so no one can complain about something being unbalanced or broken because like everybody's running a bunch of wild I don't know if that would I think that would be really unwielding and really hard to and really hard to um, that'd be really really hard to manage but it might be a cool idea um in general, I don't think people want more perks and more advantages and more power active in the Crucible. It's already kind of crazy. It's already kind of the wild, wild west from shotguns and Lord of Wolves and shoulder charge and handheld supernova and, I mean, it, it already it already is just wild in there. I've seen some clips this week and I'm like, oof, I'm, I don't play. I don't know if you want to add more fuel to that fire like here's more perks and power like you know there's already a lot running around in there that may need reined in a little bit um i don't want to get into a big nerfing discussion but i've seen some clips i'm like okay some of those things probably need reined in yeah killjoy says do you think that we have too many exotics not being used because of their lack of uniqueness either lack of uniqueness or power or efficiency like they can't use the art you know the artifact champion mods or they're outshined by legendaries or you know there are other exotics that are just too good to not use in certain circumstances like i'm not going to run around with the huckleberry or the mita or the graviton lance in garden of salvation i'm going to use as anagis or whisper M. Starrett. How do you feel about new exotics or old returning exotics? Some people in the community ha- uh, hate the idea of old stuff returning and want Bungie to create new things. Wondering which side of this you're on and why. I do not have a laundry list of exotics I want to see come back, but when they come back, I think it's fine. I think people tend to overreact when stuff gets brought back. Well, this is garbage. I, I already had these and now I'm paying for them again. But what a ripoff. Shut up. <laughs> You're you're not you you're not paying for the exotic again. They're bringing back you know exotics that people remember and like and and think that they're cool. Outbreak Perfected was a fun time, and going for that gun and getting that gun in Destiny Two was fun. Oh, I already paid for this. Like that's why they don't put new and returning exotics on the sh- on the on the on the roadmaps anymore, like they did with like Thorn and and Last Word, you know. 
But you are paying though? Yeah, but I'm not paying for an exotic that I already had. A lot of these exotics are coming back in significantly different ways and they feel different. Um, and they, you know, and they, and they, and they, and they, there's a ton, there's a ton of things about it that they, that they do that are, it, it's not just, oh, I had this one before and you're bringing it back. You know what I mean? Now, listen, if we would have paid for season of dawn and all the weapons would have been D one weapons, I could see somebody being like, I already, I already had all these guns and I just paid for content and that's all it is. But one or two exotics a season or you know one or two exotics a year, I just think people need to chill the frick out. It's like, they're fun weapons. We like them. Like, why get upset about this? They're, they're nice. How many weapons have actually come back as, as a part of content that you feel like you paid for it? Not a ton. Most of the repeats came back at a time where it just was like thrown into the general the general pool. Most of the time there's been DLC oriented exotics like the Malfeasance and stuff. It's not something that you feel like you had to pay for. Bad Juju was a part of Opulence so I guess maybe you could single out that one and Last Word um, and Monte Carlo. I don't know. I just I don't like getting into this thing where we try to assign a particular amount of value to an item and get upset when it comes back. Like, well, a new exotic would have been worth 0.98 value points, and now it's not worth that because it's not a new it's not a new exotic, it's an old exotic. I'm just like, dude, I just like to shoot aliens and get dope stuff, and some of the dope exotics from the past, it's cool for them to come back. Just chill out. Like, it's not a big deal. They're adding a lot of new exotics at the same time. And if you look at Symmetry and Ariana's Vow and Divinity and Xenophage and Leviathan's Breath and the, and the Devil's Ruin and the Bastion, it's clear that they are giving us a lot more new exotics recently than, than, than repeateds. So, and when Whisper and Outbreak came back, they were tied to brand new story missions that were some of the best content of the game. Right, and those were free. You didn't have to own anything to run Whisper or Outbreak. Those are just free things that they added to the game. That's a good point from the homie James work. I... I just think sometimes people need to just settle down a little bit and just chill out. And listen, if you love Destiny 1, didn't you like those weapons? I did. I liked the Outbreak. I liked the, you know, Spindle that is now called the Whisper. I like those weapons. It feels kind of neat to have them in my hands again. You know, I don't run the Soros regime, but it's it's nice knowing it's here with us. Like, that may be, that may be like, I don't even know what you would call that. That's, um... What am I being uh, when you want to keep something and you don't want to throw it away? Sentimental. I may be being too sentimental about it, but it's destiny, man. These weapons and these exotics are part of destiny, and I just think people need to chill out. Um, the Normac. Do you think champions will ever be put into patrol areas? Probably not. Um, probably too many free-to-play people running around on on campaigns and stuff to, to, to throw them in there. That might be kind of annoying. Uh, might, might not be a good idea. I think having them in particular environments and turning up their saturation and their difficulty and then allowing us to have more champion mods, like standardizing them on all primaries, standardizing them on all exotics, you're empowering us to have more and then empower them to do more. But it needs to be in like particular environments and, and challenging areas. So, if you guys have enjoyed this stream today and hanging out, it's like an interactive podcast that you can have on in the background when you're working, playing video games, or you know, slamming through emails, or doing what whatever. Uh, it's like something you can just kind of listen to. I, I do talk while I play, but not typically when I do these. Uh, if you've enjoyed your time here today, be sure to click the follow button and turn on notifications. I'm not shutting the stream down. We're going to keep on talking. Uh, we may watch some of Evan's video from the uh, the, the core
horrors of time thing uh, easiest way to support me is to click follow turn on notifications and I do a little outro here for the end of the podcast because you can listen to these episodes in other places so if you've enjoyed these episodes you can find them on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify Anchor and YouTube if you want to watch other episodes or catch these in audio format only in other places or when you're you know driving and commuting and can't be here in the stream so if you listen or you follow or watch in all those other places I greatly appreciate that please like share and subscribe